Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned PhD. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. That's right, everybody. Happy Super Bowl Eve. <laughs> this is Marity Carthen, your co-host for Discover the Leader in You. Welcome. Welcome today. We have a very exciting show for you guys. We're going to be talking about how to navigate the pressures to win as a high school coach with a special guest, Mario Houston, which we will later introduce. But before, let me introduce to you Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot, who's excited about the Super Bowl, even though our team's not going. That's right. Uh, but... We have an exciting show nonetheless, so stay tuned, guys. All right, excellent. As my beautiful bride said, welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of Discover the Leader in You. And on the eve of the Super Bowl, as my beautiful bride shared, the topic of a coach's impact upon their players is crucial to the conversation of influence and is very relevant and timely. Specifically, just how important is it to balance the pressure of winning versus serving as a positive role model in the lives of players? In a recent article... On Chicago's Comcast Sportsnet, head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Ron Rivera, is credited with having a positive impact on Cam Newton by allowing the quarterback to just be himself, which has allowed the team to win in very dramatic fashion all season leading up to tomorrow's Super Bowl. For me, a positive influence is more important than simply winning, and it's vital to the conversation when we're talking about any relationship, whether sports-related or business-related. On today's show, we have a very successful coach who will provide a window into the importance of balancing winning versus serving as a positive role model. Mario Houston is here to share wisdom around the topic of how to navigate the pressures to win as a high school coach. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's not even just about a high school coach. It's any coach. Mm -hmm. Anytime a person has the ability to speak into another person's life, influence is going to take place. Now, before I introduce Mario to you, just want to remind everybody, we'd love for you to call in. So give us a call. It's a live show at 1-888-281-1110. Or you can tweet your questions to at Jason Carthen. We're close to 4,000 followers out there on Twitter. We'd love for you to engage, reach out to us. And even as a follow-up, you know, you can definitely still send us notes and uh, questions actually at jasoncarthen.com. If you ever have any questions, you go right to the Discover the Leader in You tab, and you'll have a little note underneath that says, Ask Dr. Jason a question. <laughs> so we'd love to be able to hear from you. And also, if you like the show, definitely rate us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you in that way as well. And last reminder, the I Speak Life Academy workshop is coming up on February 20th, how to get booked and paid to speak. Do you want to increase your revenue 15, 20, even 30%? I mean, would you like to have another maybe 20, $25,000 in your bank account? I, <laughs> Big Mike in the studio is nodding you. Why, yes, I would. Who <laughs> I know that's right. So register. You don't want to miss that uh, workshop. We'd love to have you. Now, without further ado, Mario Houston is the current head coach for the Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy girls soccer team and a club coach for Ambassadors Football Club, which is soccer, in Twinsburg, Ohio. Coach Houston has been fortunate to coach a boys team at the Youth World Cup Games in Gothenburg, Sweden. 
Mario has been coaching soccer for more than 15 years, specializing in goalkeepers. He is the owner of Twinsburg Goalkeeper Academy, which trains youth goalkeepers. Coach Houston is a veteran. I knew I liked him for a reason. Army officer and spent his collegiate years at New Mexico Military Institute. Who are? Who are? Arizona <laughs> State University and Cleveland State University. He has been married to the beautiful Candace Houston for 21 years, and they have two children. His son is collegiate soccer player at Taylor University, and his daughter is a middle school student in Twinsburg, Ohio. Mario, what's going on, big man? Hey, how are you, sir? Man, doing well, doing well. Now, I'm just excited to have you on the show, and many people can't, you can't see Mario, but Mario's a big man. I don't know, Mario, you were like, what, 6'4", 6'5", something like that? Uh, I'm a 6'3", probably pushing about. 230. Okay. All right. So he, he's a big man, but he's a coach as a coach coach. You know, when you see him, you know he's a coach. But that's a that's a good thing. We're excited about having you on the show. And you know what, man, what are you thinking about this Super Bowl tomorrow? Who are you picking to take as going to win this thing? You know, um, I am a uh, I am truly a fan of Peyton Manning. I, I've loved Peyton for years. I, I, I love the professionalism he brings to the game, just the, the way he handles himself on the field and off the field. Uh, he he is truly what when I think of a, a quarterback, he's what I think of uh, you know, Peyton Manning type. Um, but um, uh, I, I still have a very sour taste in my mouth being a Cleveland Browns fan from the Denver Broncos when John Elway was quarterbacking. Yes, and and, um, and I've really really enjoyed the Carolina Panthers this year. I've, I've enjoyed watching Cam Newton do his thing. Uh, his story is quite remarkable. Um, so I'd like to say I'm neutral. But um, it's one of those, um, it'd be good to see Peyton go out on a win, uh, but to see the next coming of what, uh, what we're looking at for NFL quarterbacks, I think Cam Newton's quite a specimen of a young man, and I think he's done it really well. So I'm kind of leaning toward the Panthers. And I don't right. think you're alone there. I think that a lot of people are, like, in between. They don't know. I mean, even my daughter, uh, Gianna, on the way uh, to the radio show, she's speaking and going, you know what? I, I want the Broncos to win because that's my team, but but I really want the Panthers, too. And I'm like, what do you know about this stuff? And she's like, <laughs> you know. That's so. right. That's a good alone. thing. But you know what? You, I have to get excited because when my bride can talk about football like that and she's going to sit down with me tomorrow, we're going to watch the game. I mean, it's that's a good thing, that's man. Right. That's a bonus. You know, it is a bonus. <laughs> it truly is a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, hey, give us a little insight before we dive into some of these questions that we have for you. Give us a little insight into what made you want to be a coach, Mario. I mean, that's. It's not an easy thing. Sometimes the hours can get a little crazy and just, you know, all the things you have to do to prepare. What made you want to be a coach? Um, wow. I, it's, it's really a, a complex story. It, it kind of began years ago when my son was playing soccer or he began to play soccer. Um, I was sitting on the sidelines of a parent watching, uh, watching his team and just seeing what his coach was doing. And I remember all the times that I was playing as a youth player and just what influences coaches had on my life and how um, they either impacted me negatively or positively. And um, and I could just see that coach was really struggling with just the communication to be able to just to speak to these young kids. Um, and somehow, through some um, fortunate experiences, I ended up uh, helping him out. 
and then it just kind of took hold. And and when I'll go back to the original comment that I made because when I think of all the influences that have happened in my life, um, some of the most significant ones have been at the hands of a coach, mm-hmm. um, at, at the hands of someone who was be able to mentor to me and speak some life to me. Uh, I, I come from a single-parent home, so having a male role model was important, and having a coach who was telling me the right things and he could put his arm around me and tell me that he loved me was important to me. So as I grew in the youth coaching ranks, I started to see there was an absence of that with uh, just with young players, and I wanted to be that person who could be able to speak life. Uh, I mean, I really, really think it's it's so very important for our young for our youth to be able to have a coach that is really not interested all the time about winning, although winning is very very important. But they're really interested in the development of of the young player, either either on or off the on or off the field, on or off the court, wherever they're playing at. So that really was it for me. Um, just a, I wanted to be able to help. Yeah, I really like that response. I mean, very measured and thought out as well, because you know, at the end of the day, if you can really balance the idea of winning with understanding who you're coaching and the long term impact, I mean, I think that is that's the epitome you know, of healthy True. coaching and very holistic coaching, you know, that's going to have long-term impact. So, you know, you also mentioned the idea of, you know, seeing that maybe a little bit of the communication was not there as you observed, you know, some of the coaching that was taking place and the fact that you wanted to do something about it, you know, that says a lot about your character too. So, you know, I just applaud you for that, man. That's, that's good stuff, Mario. And it, it means a lot when you have coaches that are able to say, you know, I love you and I want to see you do well. It's They have an interest more in you than they do the game, and that's what makes the difference. Too. Yeah, that's good stuff, Em. And I, and I think the other thing is, too, you know, even stepping out on a limb and just sharing what you just shared about saying, hey, if a coach can tell you they love you, that's powerful because when I was growing up, coaches, I'm just being honest here, coaches would cuss you out, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't right. a it wasn't a thing of being encouraging and certainly not saying, Hey, I love you, I appreciate you, and speaking life. It was either you do this or it's gonna be a punishment or something was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So one hundred percent. I mean those are those are, are some of the memories that I had that were very negative memories. Um you know, just coaches in my face screaming at me because I made a bad play or because I, I didn't complete a pass or, or what what have you. It was those were the instances that um you know that soured me. But fortunately, I was surrounded by some really quality coaches at the high school and at the youth level um, that believed in me and and that loved me through some of the hard times and loved me through those um, those challenging things that I was doing on the field. So it sure. it, it, it was good. That's good stuff. So, Mario, how long have you been coaching now? Um, it has been a little bit over 15 years, um, and it's easy to measure for me because uh, my son's 18, and I roll back the – he started when he was three. He began playing at three years old, so uh, that's always an easy mathematic equation for me. But, um, yeah, 15 years. Wow, that's good stuff, man. Almost two decades. And so now, And so now you're a little bit on the sidelines when you go down to watch him play, um, but you're still a coach, you know, at heart, and you get to see your, you know, the reflection of what you've taught him, what you've put into him. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting dynamic as well. Um, I, for years, uh, I, I, I was on the sideline with him, and having being able to sit sit on the sideline, sit in the stands, and watch him play. Um, 
and and knowing what he's doing and, and just uh, and, and looking at how much passion he has for the game is a lot of fun. But it is an interesting dynamic. I, I've learned to to know my place. I'm his dad, and I, I need to be encouraging, and I need to smile. I'm his biggest fan. Um, you know, when when people ask me about him, it just makes my face light up because he's doing what he really wants to do, and this is his dream that he gets to live out. I just get to see it now, so it's kind of cool. That's yeah. awesome. That's good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's very balanced. I'll say that again, you know, because, you know, I think if we – if we do a disservice if we don't really point out that your perspective is a little different because you have, in this day and age, a lot of athletes and their parents that are at odds with one another because you have the parents saying, hey, no, you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to play this or you're going to play year-round. And, and the kids are just like, just let me do what I want to do, mm-hmm. you know. But you're saying, hey, you're your biggest fan and you support him. And that's good stuff, man. Very balanced. You know, yeah, it is one of the it is one of the problems that we have with with the parent um, athlete relationship. Now, um, a friend of mine years ago, as I was coaching my son, he said, "Mario, I," he said, "You're doing a fantastic job." I just want to caution you to be careful to know when to draw the line. And there were some times when I went over the line. There were some times when I was on the way home from a, a soccer game, and I was having the conversation about his performance in the car. And he he may he may or may not have had a bad game, and I. And he, sometimes he was like, Dad, you know, um, can we talk differently? And, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm crossing the line. So I needed to know where that line was. Um, and it took some practice, but it's important that parents understand that uh, they need to be the fan. They need to be fans. Yeah. Be a fan of your child. Um, if you want to encourage them to play, fine. Encourage them to play, but be a fan. Uh, every year I used to ask my son, I used to ask Miles, I'd said, Miles, do you want to play soccer again? And every year he'd say yes. And he'd laugh every year when I would ask the question. And then one day in high school he said, you don't have to ask me. I, I know I'm going to play this until I can't. And um, nice. he said, "He said the fact that you ask me, it shows me that you respect the game and you respect me enough to give me the opportunity. I said, yeah, because if, if you tell me you're going to play, I'm all in. If you say you don't want to play anymore, I'm okay with that, and and I won't encourage you to do that. I just I'll stay away from it. All but right. That that was just um, it was one of the things that we did to help him uh, just feel comfortable in it. Very and I good. was blessed to be able to coach him all the way through high school. Uh, he played high school at Twinsburg, but I was blessed to be able to coach him on his on his club team the whole time. And um, it was a great experience. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I I know my bride has some thoughts that she wants to share. And Mario, I just have to tell you, man, hey, this has been this has been good, man. A good segue. So, hey, everybody, stay tuned. We are actually on Discover the Leader in You. And we're talking about how to navigate the pressures to win as a high school coach. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Discover the Leader in You. Today we have special guest Mario Houston, and we are talking about how to navigate the pressures to win as a high school coach. And before we went on break, we were just kind of discussing a little bit of when, knowing when to draw the line and, and to be a fan and to be a coach. And while um, I sit on the sidelines a lot, I think I'm thankful that my role is to be a fan because when the kids get in the car and, and they are coming back from a game, whether it's soccer or volleyball, they kind of go – 
man, we won or man, we lost. And all I can say is, well, you played good. Did you have fun? Did you enjoy it? Right. Um, and even sometimes when a coach will go, uh, they need to work on this or they need to work on that, my response is, well, you need to tell them that because you're their coach. And if I tell them that, they're not going to receive it in the same light that they would as you because they respect you for your role as a coach. Would you mm. agree with that, Mario? Yeah, I would. I really would. Um, it's important um, that the parents do kind of push back to the coach. Um, as a parent, one of the comments that um, that I share with my parents when they were talking to their kids about anything that they saw in the field, it, it stick to the encouraging things. If they really want some information about what they didn't do as well, you know, I may or may not, as a parent, I may or may not be able to articulate that as well. But the real the real message comes across when it is in the language that the coach is consistently speaking to that player during their training sessions and also during the games. Um, so it's important, especially as a youth coach, just to speak to the things that they did well. And if they only did one thing well, share that one thing with them mm -hmm. uh, because it'll build. Those are the things that will build. Um, the coach can give them the best feedback usually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the idea of what you just shared, consistent language. You know, I think when you start dealing, especially with young people, but not always, I mean, even adults and leadership uh, positions, you know, you have to be consistent or else it throws people off. <laughs> you know, they just, they don't know how to react and it almost becomes a variable where they're watching to see whether or not the coach is going to lead or direct and guide in a certain way. Mm -hmm. But if you're consistent, then they have benchmarks. They know what to expect. They know how they should behave. They know how they should lead, you know, that sort of thing. So that's, 100%. yeah, that's good stuff. And Hey man, you know, I see, man, you are on Twitter and just, <laughs> I love the title. He, everybody just listen, pontificating brother. That's what, he, <laughs> that's what he has on Twitter. So y'all make sure y'all look him up. Uh, almost 14,000 tweets. This man is pontificating. <laughs> that's good stuff. But I wanted to bring attention to one thing that you had on your feed there. You actually said that it's a super day. Five of my soccer players signed letters of intent. Now, wow, that is powerful, and it leads into the segue of the next question, which I wanted to ask you, what does success mean to you? Because if you have five players that sign letters of intent, I would say that's successful. Absolutely. What are your I thoughts? Think, I think that's a byproduct of the success. Mm. Um, and what I mean by the byproduct of the success, um, when, we, when we begin to measure uh, how well we do uh, as coaches. Uh, I think it's important not just to be a prisoner of the moment and be trapped into um, how they did on the field. Uh, mm -hmm. What are they like as people? Uh, years back, I went to, um, my son and I went to an uh, identification camp for soccer. We were at Butler University, and the Butler coach said these words. He said, I would much rather have a player that has less talent that is extremely coachable and that has a high degree of character than I would having a player who was a blue chip, lights out player and has a troubled and checkered past or has low character. Yeah, that is. Just, and for oof. me, that's the measure of success. Do I have a team full of extremely talented players that have high character? If I have that, that's successful to me. And one of the byproducts of that is how well they play, how well we win. And again, it's how well we win. It's not just winning. If we win well, then that means we're playing hard, we're playing with character, we play to win, but we don't want to play dirty. 
but we'll play hard. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. We'll outplay you. We'll do whatever we can to win. But it's going to all be within the rules of the game, and we're always going to look to help if we have to. Um, so for me, that's the measure of success it, it, it are those things. But, again, the byproduct of it, yeah, I had five players uh, that signed letters of intent. It was, it was, uh, was kind of cool. Yeah. It was really kind of cool just to be sit back, to sit back and have some excitement about what they did. So yeah, and I and I think it's a both and proposition. The way you just described that, you know, it doesn't have to be either or. It's both and. So if you went right. into some of those descriptors, hard work, you know, the idea of competing and doing everything but not being dirty, but then you also as you have that byproduct of winning, obviously. But then also having people sign, you know, it's a both and proposition. You can do all those things and still have the real evidence that obviously you're winning. But also, you know, you have people that are going to college, man. They're going to do some amazing things. I mean, sports has allowed them to utilize it as a vehicle to move forward. So now I'm going to put you on the spot here. You know, I mean, okay. you've been waxing eloquently, doing all these great things, pontificating, brother. So uh, <laughs> I'm not going to let you <laughs> live that down. <laughs> so you guys follow him on Twitter. But the other thing is I'm going to put you on Front Street. Okay. Okay. This is a, a, a direct antithesis to what you just described. You said, hey, not having a blue chip person that's highly recruited, doing all, all those other things. What about Johnny Menzel? You know, oh. he, this young man is he had everything handed to him. And I'm not yeah. I played ball. I know how crazy it is. But right. at some point you have to wonder, is it home of origin issues or uh, what sort of thing is playing into just some of these off the field <clears throat> things that are taking place? And I want to hear it from a coach. I think um, <clears throat> and, and, and I know it's dangerous to, to make comments like this. But I think at some point we had some people fail him. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what I mean by fail him is, um, you know, one of the big things that we can constantly hear players say is, uh, coach was gassing me up, coach was gassing me up. In other words, the coach is just filling their head full of, oh, you're the next best thing since sliced bread. You're the next Johnny Unitas. You're the next Ronaldo. I mean, there's all these different things that, that these players, these coaches are saying to these players. Uh, but the reality is, um, if you can perform on the field, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking for you not just to create opportunities on the field. I'm looking for you to have some mechanics behind it, too. I want to know that what you do is sustainable. Um, and at some point, I, I'm, I'm really challenged to believe that his coaches didn't see what he was doing wasn't sustainable. Um, and, and I mean that on the field and off the field. Right. There had to be something that came in, you know, because it gets to the point that talent runs out. That's right. And, and then the hard work must come in. And as a player, if you're not putting in the hard work, if you're not doing everything that you need to do so it can be duplicatable, then you're running into an issue. And, and I just think that someone was gassing Johnny up, telling him how great he was because he was able to really do some really neat things in high school, and he carried them into college. Um, but even when he was playing college, I kind of sat back, and I was concerned about just the amount of hype they were giving him um, because he looked like, to me, he looked like the kid that I played schoolyard football with. Right. Um, you know, it was kind of, well, we're going to draw it up in the dirt, and we're going to make it happen, and if it doesn't, I'm going to light everything up. 
Mm-hmm. And as a coach, I, I just don't see how you can overlook that and say, okay, that's okay. I'm going to play to his strengths because he's that good. Yeah. But, but you know he, what? And not. Let me react to that because I love the way you just you, you broke it down there. But let's take it back to the and we got to take a break here in a couple of minutes. But mm-hmm. the crazy thing is when you have so much pressure to win, you know, exactly yeah. what we're talking about today. Even if the coaches had seen some of the challenges that, you know, right. obviously surfaced long before now, hey, they right. were winning. <laughs> so it's like, okay, do I shoot myself in the foot and risk my job by benching this guy because he's making poor decisions or whatever it may be in college? But in the NFL, you don't have that curtain you can pull. Everybody sees everything that you're doing. And then it, it becomes so impactful because now a decision has to be made. And so right. now we have what we have. And a young man that if he doesn't, I guess, get some help, Mario, at this point, it's going to be so challenging for him to come back from this, you know? Yeah, I would agree. I yeah. would agree. I, I think that's what's important right now is is irregardless of all the things and all the amount of talent that Johnny has, Johnny's in a place where he really needs some help. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, someone will come alongside of him and they'll be able to remedy that or we could see some really bad things in the future for him happening. So. Yeah. I think a lot of people try to reach out to him and he just doesn't want to hear what they have to say because he's at that point in his life where he thinks he knows all the answers. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Him, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Mario. No, no, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's part of the problem. Um, the pride is still the pride is still working there. He still mm-hmm. believes that he, he has the answers. He still believes that he can fix this. Um, but I'll share with you something that I heard today from Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf was on um, on the Dan Patrick show um, yesterday, I'm assuming, and Ryan said, that's how I looked. Yep. This is what I was thinking at the time when I was doing this. That's right. I saw right that. Now. I saw that too. And and it's okay. So we got to take a quick break. But when we come okay. back, we'll pick this back up. And M, we'll make sure we answer your question too when we come back. Okay. Everybody, you are listening to Discover the Leader in You with M and the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. And we're talking about how to navigate the pressures to win as a high school coach. We'll be right back. everybody to discover the leader in you this is M sitting in the studio with dr jason carthen need to let you guys know that i bring us back from break because my handsome husband dances to every song that comes in on the studio just want to share that with you guys you can't be telling them that baby just want, just want to share that that's why when i come back i might be laughing or giggling but uh we have fun in, in doing this and i'm really enjoying today's show and before we went on break uh we're talking about johnny Menzo, getting some feedback from uh, coach mario And I just, my comment, you know, on what we were discussing is I think that what some of the players forget at the beginning of their, um, their season to start this professional life or even just college, you know, college level, they forget that the limelight doesn't stay with you. They think that it's all about them from the beginning to the end, but they have no idea. Like it's not constantly about you. One, it's about the team. Two, they're bringing you in because they think you're going to be an asset to the team. And three, they got to get ready to bring somebody else in because it's just an ongoing cycle. And and that brings me to my next question for uh, Coach Mario. 
I mean, can you describe your relationship with your players? Because I'm guessing that if Johnny had a mentor or a coach that was guiding him from the beginning of it all, then maybe his choices wouldn't be what they are right now. I would agree. Um, my my relationship with my players, I, wow, um, I'll speak to my girls' team to start up with. I, coaching high school girls is always always a bit interesting, um, and, and I'll roll back a bit is what I really should do. Um, when I first uh, started thinking about coaching girls, uh, it was, to me, very, very foreign. I'd coached girls before individually um, during some private coaching, but to have multiple personalities, multiple female personalities, I was very, very leery of doing it because I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do it because it's significantly different between coaching girls and coaching guys. Guys are pretty much, if you give them the proper direction, they'll they'll go ahead and do it. Girls are, are you have to, there are other factors you have to pay attention to. Um, but I was fortunate. Um, uh, having a young daughter and understanding, or sort of understanding, I'll say that that way, sort of understanding how um, my young daughter's mind works, um, I was able to apply some of those same things with my girls. So my relationship with my girls um, is one where I, I treat them like her. Um, I, I use her as a benchmark. Uh, if I'm going to say something to them and I think it would hurt my daughter's feelings, I don't even say it. Excellent. Um, I, I, I look at it them from the point of view that um, they, are, uh, they are young women who eventually will be mothers. And, and that's kind of the key that we need to keep in the back of our mind um, because the statistics prove it. In other words, 3% of high school athletes will go on to play college. Out of that 3%, 1% of the 3% will play pro. Those are very staggeringly small numbers. So that means that the rest of these young women are going to be moms, lawyers, doctors, President of the United States, um, anesthesiologists, you name it. That's what they're going to be. Mm-hmm. So when we start to look at it like that, if we don't take that into consideration when I'm coaching them on how to be an athlete, then I'm failing them. I'm doing them a disservice. So when I look at them, I look at them as my daughter because I know that's one day what my daughter will be. And I try to treat them that way, and I try to love on them. I am not a coach who um, consistently beats my players up. I I just don't feel it's necessary. Uh, It's important that I get my message across. I will tell them um, that I don't like something they're doing. I'll tell them that I love what they're doing. You know, I'm their biggest fan. I'm their biggest critic when we're talking about the sport that they're playing. Um, I don't mind getting in their face and saying, you screwed up. I also don't mind when they're having a tough time walking along beside of them, putting my arm around them and say, you know what? Bad play. It's not a big deal. We're going to be fine. And I'll love them through that. So my relationship with them is um, is more of one of um, almost, I, I, I would Big brother, little sister. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they understand and they respect me because of that. Um, you know, one of my friends saw me during a training session a while back, and his comment to me afterwards was, Oh my gosh, when you walked in there, they ran and they hugged you. I'm like, yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. what they do. And he said, Does that happen all the time? I said, Yeah. He said, Man, they love you. I'm like, Yeah, I love them back. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Feel it. Not here comes Coach Latide. <laughs> yeah, basically. Or what? What is he going to say today? Say you know, or I mean, what that's mood just is a... he in? Or it, there's so many yeah. things. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't mind being tough. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a hard guy to read sometimes. 
Um, and, you know, I'm tough, but the love is there. I mean, we joke, we laugh, uh, we have a good time. If you were to catch, if you were to film a training session that I have, at some point, we're going to be screwing around. At some point, someone's going to say something funny, and we're going to ride that for ten or, for five or ten minutes because it's funny. Mm-hmm. But when we get back to business, work is getting done, and we put in the work because we know that it's necessary for us to be successful. But yeah. they have to have fun. They have to enjoy what they're doing. Yeah, and if they and, don't, they don't come back. And that's the thing, too. I mean, if if you're going to get the fullness from your players, and, and I'd love to hear your perspective, and Em, I know you played, too, you know, so I'd love to get your perspectives on this. If you're going to be successful, don't you have to play loose? I mean, don't you have to feel like, okay, I do want to have fun with this. This is something positive. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, our players have to play loose. Um, if they're not playing loose and if they're not being themselves, they're going to make mistakes. They make more mistakes playing uptight than they do loose. Right. Um, we, um, when, when there's nothing to lose in your mind, when you're playing and you're having fun and there's no big carrot to lose, um, you know, it's fun, and they're able to. You're able to get some really neat things out of them. Um, and I'll use my girls' team as an example. Last year, a uh, couple of big games that we had, we struggled because we entered into those games. We were really uptight, really, really uptight. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, my assistant coach noticed it immediately, and he said, "Man, we've got to calm them down. We've got to bring them back down." So pre-game, tell them jokes. Mm-hmm. Telling jokes pregame because it was way too serious and it didn't need to be that serious. Mm-hmm. We needed to play. You know, I got the message across hey, this is a big game. I need you to bring your A game, but you gotta have fun doing it. Play our way. Enjoy yourself. Don't get all in a frenzy and now you're, you can't perform because what is it? Um, uh, performance anxiety causes you to freeze. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. A lot of truth to that. So let me ask you this then, and it's directly in line, you know, with the idea of playing loose and just just understanding that, yes, you know, there's responsibilities that have to be taken care of that day, mm-hmm. but you're better when you're playing loose. So, you know, talk about the parental pressures that, you know, sometimes can be placed upon players and then also some of those parental pressures that can be placed upon the coaches. And we just have a couple of minutes here, so give us some thoughts on that. Okay. Um, as player – we know we know that there are always going to be you know parents that are that are in their in that player's ear you know we can hear it we can see it um, the parents who are the helicopter parents who hover over them and, and scrutinize and and just add undue pressure it it does freeze players up and you see it in how they play they start to really really struggle um, um, and it's bad. It's it's all bad. Mm-hmm. The best things that players can do, that parents can do for their players prior to games or game day, do something fun with your child. Make sure they're loose. Um, bring them into uh, into an environment that they feel like you, everything's okay. Don't compound that by um, being mean or, 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 you know, you should, you better play this way. And if you don't, here's what's going to happen. I've heard those things and it's terrible. Um, as a coach, man, it's tough. It's tough as a coach when you're getting the pressure from your parents, uh, 
because, you know, they have high expectations of winning. I know at CBCA, one of the uh, cool things about it is we have a very long history of success on the soccer field, uh, especially on the boys' side. Boys are three-time state champion, a uh, couple-time runner-up, um, and they're very successful. The girls' team, you know, we're, we're up and coming, uh, but, you know, we can, feel, we can still feel the parental pressure. They still make comments to me. They still ask me questions. They still pull me to the side. Uh, I'm still challenged about decisions that I make for the girls' team, uh, uh, you know, of decisions from um, from where's my daughter going to play or is my daughter going to play or how many minutes my daughter's going to play. You know, and I've tried to uh, squelch some of those things by setting setting them up appropriately in the beginning, but... Uh, well, they're still there. Well, they're let me there. let me chime in on that. My wife just shook her head in a big way. What do you have to add? The reason why I shook my head is, I mean, I get that, and I've, I'm that parent that sits there, and I have to honestly say I don't really go, wow, why isn't my daughter playing? I kind of just go, okay, I have to learn a little bit more about this game and kind of see what the coach's <laughs> style is because at the beginning we had a meeting, and the coach will tell us flat out, hey, if your child does not play in the game, don't ask me at the game why your child didn't play at the That's game. That's right. You know, she's like, you can send me an email. We can talk about it. She's like, but my goal out here is to make sure that each of the girls are out here and they're playing their best and we're here to win the game and we're putting everybody in with their strengths and stuff. But at first I was like, oh, my goodness, why is my child on the bench? You know, but freshman, I mean, first year playing volleyball, doesn't know all the ins and outs. But then one time she didn't come out the game at all. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, is she going to give her a break? And I had to check myself <laughs> and go, all right, where's the balance at? She's either going to play all the time or not. And yes. so I think uh, one of the good things was that at the beginning they told us, hey, this is their first year playing. You know, they're in the seventh right. grade. It's going to keep going. So they won't always play in the game. But trust me, I have your child's best interest at heart. Any questions, don't ask me the day of the game. Don't attack oh, me. Oh, yeah. That's you right. know, yeah. send me an email and stuff. That's yeah, that, that's probably the worst thing you can do as a parent is approach the game, game approach the coach game day. Mm-hmm. Um, your coaches, you know, even before the game, our emotions are at 10,000 feet um, because we're trying to make sure we're prepared. We're running through all the different scenarios that we're possibly going to put our players into. Um, and, and then post-game, we're still on that emotional high either from the victory or from the defeat. Mm-hmm. Yes. If we lose and you come to us and you have that conversation about, well, why isn't my daughter playing? Uh, <laughs> you might turn around and be like, you this, can't handle look, the truth. <laughs> right, right. So we got to take a quick break, everybody. But one of the things, you know, Mario, I want you to answer when we come back. I want to hear how your bride, Miss Candace, how she deals with this. You know, 21 years 15 years coaching. I want to hear what your bride has to say. So, hey, everybody, you are listening to Discover the Leader in You, and we're talking about how to navigate the pressures to win as a high school coach. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. We are back to discover the leader in you, and we are talking about how to navigate the pressures to win as a high school coach with Coach Mario. Before we went on break, uh, my handsome husband had asked about Miss Candace and how Candace deals with all of this, being married to uh, 
Mario for 21 years. And is Candace with you, Mario? Or is, I know that uh, Cameron had danced this weekend. So Yeah, yeah, they're on the road traveling. They're down in Columbus um, uh, traveling down there for a dance competition. Uh, oh, we were going to get her on the mic, man. Yeah, no, I, oh, I figured she was uh, on and being busy, but I know she, you know, she's she's either listening on her iHeart uh, app, which we have, or, or listening on the uh, show. But in case she misses it because of that stuff, it will uh, be on the website. So uh, anybody who wants to listen to the interview again is welcome to go to jasoncarthen.com and it's under the podcast and and it's typically there before the evening is out so mm-hmm. uh, yeah so they can hear it but shout out to my girl candace and cameron who has competition this weekend mm-hmm. so can you answer the question how does candace <laughs> handle the pressure you should see this face man i'm telling you man she is ganging up big time i'm just gonna back away from the mic and let you answer this and see how this goes oh that's funny but it's true hey you know what um uh, i'll my wife is, um, man, she's amazing. Uh, it has, it has been okay. So let me start this way. It has been twenty-one of the most wonderful years ever. You know, um, nice. I've been, I've been truly blessed. Uh, one of the best comments that was ever said to me was that our wives, our wives do not, um, our wives do not arrive at our address by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I have the right mm-hmm. spouse. I know that uh, she's got my back. I know that, um, you know. Whatever it is that she's 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 in with me. Um, Amen. Uh, it's 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 been a blessing in that regard. Now, uh, with this said, she walked into this with her eyes wide open. I mean, wide open. We talked about this for a while. Uh, when I was just coaching uh, youth, I told her, I said, "Man, if I could just if I could just do this, this would be all I would do, and I would be happy." Mm-hmm. And she would look at me kind of side eyed and say, "You're crazy." <laughs> Um, but she knew that that's where my heart was, and she knew I was heading that way. Um, how does she put up with it, man? Um, I have to be very, very intentional during the during the fall. And the first the first year when I was at CBC, I think I was more intentional than I was uh, than the next. Um, but she becomes, um, <laughs> for lack of a better term, and it's a it's a joke. It's not funny, but it's a joke. We we call them soccer widows. Yeah. Uh, for the coaches' wives, because they just don't see us. And I think you alluded to it earlier, Jason, yep. when you said our hours are crazy; they're long. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. I'm at at school uh, at two o'clock. Um, I come home at nine o'clock, ten o'clock, and that's after being, you know, doing whatever else during the day as well. Um, it just becomes uh, all encompassing. And then even when I get home. Uh, if it's game day, when I come home, uh, I'm reviewing video. I'm reviewing the film from the game, and that could be three or four hours. So, you know, I'm getting in bed at 2 a.m. in the morning, yep. and, you know, my wife hasn't seen me, and then she's getting up, and she's going to work, and I'm getting up, and I'm going to do it. So it's, you know, it's uh, it, it becomes crazy during during high school season. Um, during club season, it's not as bad. She knows that, uh, that my weekends, she can pretty much count on each weekend that I'm, I'm doing, I have a game. So very intentional about my calendar uh, and just trying to keep it updated to make sure that she knows I have a game. And then we try to keep the lines of communication open, although sometimes I am struggling with my communication. So 
Uh, I'll throw that out there. Yeah. But I, I do my best to um, mm-hmm. to make sure I, I let her know how much she means to me. And it's cool. She's a, she's a cool girl. And I think you said it best, Jason, when you said it's cool when your wife can talk football with you. It is super cool when my wife can have a conversation with me about soccer. Yeah. I'm all in. I know. That's Absolutely. right, brother. That's good stuff right there. And, and not only that, though, I mean, on and off the, the seasons, you are intentional with your relationship with your wife. Um <sighs> That's, I think, huge for anybody and those that are listening who are thinking about switching careers and becoming a coach in whatever sport they want or who are struggling right now with their with their coaching seasons and their relationships. Uh, it's all about being intentional. Uh, you know, Jason doesn't play on the field anymore, but he certainly travels a lot. and He does different things. And it's so there's seasons of when where our wifey mode changes. But that's all about the commitment and relationship of being flexible and knowing that you have your husband's back because it's for a season. You have a gift. You have to share it with the world. But at the end of the day, you come home and you belong to Candace. All right. right. Wow. Yeah. And if you yeah. didn't know, now you know, brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, that, that to me, that's all good. Um, I am I am under no illusion that I did not marry. I married up, okay? So I'm all under right. no illusion that I, I'm, I'm good. So, yeah, I'm really happy with, uh, with, with Candace and, and just... Well, you know, what's, what's the support that she gives. So well, we we may have to bring Candace on the show and just bring y'all back on together. But I, I tell you what, man, this is this is good stuff. We only have a few minutes left, and one of the things that I I wanted to ask you, just so we can have some some clarity, you know, what advice would you offer to young coaches or those coaches that you know at the end of the day they're struggling <clears throat> with some of the pressures to win that we're talking about today? What advice would you provide for them? You know, there's a great there's a great publication by the by FCA, and it's called 3D Coaching. Uh, it was a book that was given to me, and I had just the wonderful privilege of being able to read it. And I um, have since uh, I've given my copy away to another coach who was trying, who's kind of new in coaching. And 3D Coaching again is all about um, about understanding how to coach a player in all three dimensions of their existence, not just what they do on the pitch, but how you reach them emotionally and how you reach them spiritually. So my advice to young coaches or to coaches who are just trying to really hone their craft, first of all, go get the book. And I I, I know FCA would not be, uh, they wouldn't be upset with me saying this, but go get the book. It's a good read. It will really help you formulate and help you understand where you, where your, where your faith is and where your mindset should be with attacking players and getting the very best out of them. Um, and just to help, Bobby Bowden and Terry Bowden both wrote the forward for the book mm-hmm. for the for the author, so it's huge. Um, but start with the book, um, read it, glean things out of it, then uh, be very very deliberate about what you're doing. Understand how to how to speak to your players. Uh, your players have different emotions, and if you say I'm going to treat all my players the same way, you can't. No, you cannot. It, it, it just yeah. doesn't work. You have, some players you're going to hold hands. Some players you're going to have to be stern with. Some players you're going to talk with. Some players you're going to um, write them a letter. Um, some players you're going to do all kind of crazy stuff with. It, it you have to understand who you're coaching, and you have to understand what's your ultimate goal. Yeah. And then you have to be honest with yourself. Uh, evaluate your talent and evaluate your skill, not just your player skill. That's right. What are your shortcomings, and what do you do that's really strong? And surround yourself with people that can help you get there. One of the biggest benefits that I have is I have my assistant coach, Dave Patterson, uh, and, and, and 
Dave's a fantastic guy, and the reason why is because Dave understands what I'm short at, and where I'm short, he shores it up. So on any given day, I know that what my strengths and weaknesses are, and I know where I need to lean on and where I need to go to. And I have other coaches in my staff, too, that are very good at it. Uh, I brought a coach, a new coach on this year, and her talent is strength and conditioning. So I allowed her to do that because that's what she does well, and that's really what I'm kind of good at, but not as good as she is. So faith brings that to our team. So surround yourself with people who can help you get there. I mean, Hugh Jackson, the new coach of the Browns, what's the first thing he did? I'm not going to worry about my players. I want my coaching staff. That's right. So it's about surrounding yourself with good coaches and people who can speak to you. And yeah. then finally, the other thing is having good counsel from those who aren't necessarily involved in what you do, but you can bounce your ideas off of and understand, yeah, that may, be, it may not be the best idea. And they'll give you really good counsel. You know, a wise man uh, takes good counsel and a fool doesn't. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, Mario, at the end of the day, you know, that balance that we talked about at the top of the show, you know, and then the intentionality. I mean, all those things play into all those wonderful descriptors that you just gave us, you know, and I think that at the end of the day, it's going to help a new coach or even a seasoned coach that may have forgotten. They may be in the throes of maybe a losing season or winning season. And so they need those reminders well, Mario, I just want to say thank you for being on the show today. You did a fantastic job, brother, and uh, just appreciate you, man. Okay? Oh, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thank absolutely. You. Absolutely. So, everybody, hey, you have been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. Make sure that you go and rate the show on iTunes, and also remember that you have to live your destiny on purpose every day with intentionality. Thanks for tuning in. And be sure to check with us next week. Take care now. You've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com. Be sure to join us every Saturday at 2 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer, to discover the leader in you. If you would like to be a sponsor for Discover the Leader in You, call Scott Souza at 1-440-552-2995. That's 1-440-552-2995.